Hello, friends, and welcome back for episode three of the Schmoofcast. We're here. It's uh, Brett and Kristen. We are gigantic theme park nerds. We're Disney nerds. We're Universal nerds. Uh, together, we have over 20 years combined working in the hospitality-themed entertainment industry, and we are here to share our love of said industry with all of you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so welcome back for episode three. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing... Uh, Man, so I, I was unpopular in... opinions. Uh, this is my unpopular opinion, because this is not something that I think a lot of people would agree with. It's definitely not something that you generally agree with, but I think I have really solid points. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna we'll get, we'll dive into details in a few seconds here, but today's really question is, you know, what is the better attraction? Is it Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, or is it Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance? And you guys knew this was coming. If you'd previously listened to Walt Love Podcasting with Brett and Mike and Josh, I'm sure that you remember they spoke about Galaxy's Edge a lot. I promise that we will try not to do that as much here because mm. I don't think it's that interesting. Well, we've Personally. mentioned Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge, Galaxy's Edge is very interesting. However, Galaxy's Edge is interesting in the way that... Uh, I was going to say kinetics again, but I feel that's not oh worth it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... There it is. What is a better attraction? A better overall guest experience, attraction, for whatever reason you think so. I hands down think that Smuggler's Run is a better attraction than Rise of the Resistance. There, I said it. And I think that that's 100% true. I have a lot of reasons for that, but I do think that it is just a better guest experience because of couple of different points the first one being if you are not up to date on star wars or even if you just don't particularly like the new trilogy of star wars movies you will not understand or enjoy rise of the resistance rise of the resistance is it takes i will be 100 percent honest with you i am not the biggest star wars fan at all like i know what a star destroyer is i know what darth vader is i, I know my way around the universe but every average guest, including myself, knows what the Millennium Falcon is. Everybody right. does. But the big thing with Rise of the Resistance is it takes place specifically between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. It is a very set Well, all of Bot 2 is set in that time frame, though. Right, but you don't have to know that to enjoy Batu. There is nothing about the Batu experience that ties into that besides the character meet and greets. Besides seeing Rey or seeing Chewbacca or any of that, it doesn't give a specific feeling of a certain time, which is why the nice thing with Smuggler's Run is it doesn't have to be within those confines. They do have like a few references, but I think it was very smart of Disney because they pulled a character that most people did not know or did not realize was part of the Star Wars world because Honda Anaka is just in Rebels, right? You know, I really don't know. But I, I think he is just Rebels. That's more to my point, is that it's a character that is part of the Star Wars lore if you are a big, big Star Wars fan. But if you're not, then you don't have to have this big backstory. Yeah, you see Chewbacca and yeah, the Millennium Falcon's there and yeah, that's really, really cool. As a Star Wars fan, that's exceptionally cool there is nothing quite as surreal as being able to pull the light speed lever as a pilot 
on Smuggler's Run or even any of the positions. It's a great attraction. Hondo but, was in the Clone Wars, by the way. Perfect. So he's he's been around. He's been around the block enough. But if you weren't a spin-off fan, so unless you watch Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that, if you just know the movies, then you're not going to know who Honda Anaka is. But let me also stop you right there and say that if you don't, the folks who would know who Honda Anaka is are the folks who know uh, Ahsoka. Is that what I'm saying that right? Ahsoka mm-hmm. Tano and uh, Bo-Katan, and, which are all now these big Mandalorian characters. So people should know who Hondo is if they've been watching Mandalorian, because I assume no, that's such BS. No, you connect the dots back there. If... No, because if you hadn't done Smuggler's Run, you wouldn't know who he is either. And you were the one who had to watch Mandalorian as soon as it yeah. was available. Okay, so so you no 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 just no. Okay, so is Hondo needed in that ride though? Do you need a Honda? Would it work with just a Chewie animatronic up there? No, that's what I'm getting at, is that it's not stuck in a specific time frame. Hondo so, ages. He's not in, invincible. No, but because you don't necessarily know the character, it gives it more flexibility. Okay, but... If you know the character, then you're going to appreciate it on a different level. If you don't know the character, he's not detracting from it in any way. That being said, if you're not a Star Wars fan... Smuggler's Run is 100% the better attraction because it sticks to the sci-fi genre. If you were nothing else but knowing that you are about to pilot a spaceship, that's pretty darn cool. That's a pretty fantastic attraction. And from the queue experience to even the greeters out front as they're welcoming you as recruits and um, pilots for this company... Through the queue experience where you're overhearing these made-up characters that are bickering throughout the entire thing from when you go through with Hondo to kind of get a better understanding to when you get to the cockpit. You don't have to know anything about Star Wars to find that interesting. It could be just you're going in to pilot a spaceship. could be any spaceship. People are going to hate me for saying this, but it could be something from Star Trek. Who knows? It's just something that falls within a genre, so it is appropriate for a wider audience. Rise of the Resistance has the exact opposite, where it is a niche market for a niche fan, and those are the people that are going to enjoy it. I say this as someone who, I mean, I don't particularly enjoy Rise of the Resistance. I think it's a little, like, the sets are overwhelming. The story is haphazard at best most of the time. I've actually only ever seen the entire story play out once, and that was right when it opened. And we talk about this a lot outside of podcasting, but there is actually a scene um, when you are supposed to be getting out of the interrogation room and you're, you're being loaded into your mover droids to take you back to Batuu. You, they, they broke you out, you're being loaded on to the prisoner transports, yeah. Right. So, so there is a clip that is supposed to play there. And I've only ever seen it played once. And it was only during the first month of operation where it is actually Finn coming on the intercom saying, there you are. We found you. We're going to get you out. And then it goes from there. They've actually cut that spiel to be able to put in a safety spiel about putting your seatbelt on, which is obviously a necessity because that was what we commented on the first well, the time we did it. It was originally there and it added extra seconds onto the operation time. 
And the seatbelt spiel was still there, but it was afterwards. But it just, you lose a giant chunk of the story. So suddenly you're loaded, and then Finn's already talking to you mid-conversation, and you're like, what the heck is going on? And you don't hear him, because everybody else is trying to check seatbelts, and you're you're being loaded while this is playing in the background. And it's just, it is not a good experience. And the only time that Finn is even mentioned before that is, Ray mentions him in the first pre-show by saying, my friend Finn infiltrated a a Star Destroyer. No reason. No reason why. No reason given as to what on earth is going on there. Well, I guess she she does say like, oh, it's in our system, and our outpost on Batu is no longer safe. But it it, it it still doesn't explain why he broke onto a first order spaceship. It, it seems kind of reckless, especially if you've seen like after the Last Jedi, that they're they're kind of like hopeless. They're they don't have many, many forces. A lot of their uh, people have died from. It just is unnecessary. It really doesn't make any sense. Even as like a Star Wars fan. But if you are not a Star Wars fan, you will not get any of it. But I will defend Rise of the Resistance to the end because I think it is a marvelous... It is a feat of engineering unheard of with any other theme park attraction ever. It really is amazing. And yeah, true. You don't. You need to be the Star Wars nerd to understand it. And I think that brings up a good point. Is if that, it was set to the original trilogy, exactly. if it was if it was Darth Vader instead of Kylo Ren that was coming at you, if any of that would that change your how you feel about yeah, it? Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. If you if the first projection room would instead of Ray, if it was Leia instead, and if you walked out and Luke's X X wing was out there with R two in it, you still boarded the transport, but then that's Akbar instead of uh, Lieutenant Beck. Well, I mean, Beck it's works still... is... Well, Beck works, but, I mean, you're looking at these characters. characters. I mean, the Mon Calamari, who cares? They're all, they all look the same. Let's be real there. But then you walk out into the Star Destroyer base. I mean, everything there works still. And then just flip out Kylo for Darth Vader and Huck for uh, Grand Moff Tyron. But that's the thing. It, it just... It's so story-driven that if you are not invested in that story... It's not going to make a lot of sense. And it's grand, and I'll give you that. And I I do think it has one of the greatest feats, if you will, of storytelling and illusion. Well, yeah, the ad ads all have four feet. No. So they're definitely big. They're great feats. Continue. <laughs> Y'all, this is what I deal with. No, I think that when you... This is a spoiler. If you've never done it, I'm sorry. But if you... The fact you enter and exit on the same side of the transport, it is specifically made to look like you're going to be walking through this thing that one door opens, you load into a loading room, and then you are going to exit the other side because that's what every other attraction has ever been. And no, you actually exit and enter on the same side. You actually move locations and you, you end up somewhere new. I think that is one of the most interesting twists and an attraction that I have experienced in a great long time. Even the first day. I mean, we're talking about the ITS shuttle. So being pulled onto the Star Destroyer. Same side. And like the first day we were out there in the morning of literally the crack of dawn to be first on Rise of the Resistance. We were some of the first groups. It was amazing. And being everybody in there excited, waiting at the opposite end door to get out of the shuttle. Just because they had no idea what was going on. People still get confused to this day of how to exit this. Because it's just... There's a certain level that you anticipate out of a theme park attraction. And Disney does this well. Disney pulls the veil over your eyes just enough in certain attractions. 
Um, I mean, look at like Tower of Terror or look at Rock and Roller Coast, these other attractions in the park where it's, yeah, you're in a haunted hotel, but it's still, you know, safety measures. And they try to do these things that they oh, don't break show, but there's always a we expect this to happen. And Tower of Terror's unexpected moment is, of course, the elevator going forward. But you know what's going to drop. Like, that's expected. So throwing something very unexpected at people, like everybody expects a pre-show. Um, I wrote about this on my blog a while ago, too, is that the Ray pre-show, the projection, you look up and you see this. It, it obviously is a mirror that you're seeing that's reflecting half the room to make it look bigger. It's not obvious. It, if you were looking for it. If you're looking for it, yeah, it's going to be obvious. But if you are just cursory glancing, it is a very convincing effect. Yeah, well, so the average theme park guest, the average first-time guest or second-time guest is going to know that. Those of us who have been a Haunted Mansion 400 times are like, oh, it's a mirror, or oh, this is a mirror effect, or you you know how certain effects work in the theme park universe. How does it feel to be jaded? It's an Aerosmith song. Rock and Roller Coaster is still closed. We have to not mention Aerosmith right now. Jaded! Crickets, man. Yeah, that's Just horrible. Crickets. You're gonna have to cut there's that. A re- there's that a, was, there's that a reason was I'm not a comedian. That was that was really bad. So what was it even discussing? I don't know. Oh no! So the mirror effect. The, all these all these mirror effects. As a seasoned theme park guest, especially Disney and Universal, with all these. Uh, just effects you see in different attractions, you expect mirrors at a certain point. So looking at it as a, a seasoned guest is like, oh, that's a mirror. And then seeing the hologram appear that is not at the curvature of the slant of the mirror, it put me through a loop. It was like, wait, what? And then doing like further pictures and looking, zooming in at it, it's a television screen placed behind the one-way mirror. The TV screen is positioned away from the mirror so that it looks like an actual projection that is not aligned with the mirror. And it is a really interesting effect. And I cannot describe it with words. I need pictures. None of that made any sense to me either. Don't worry. We're in this together. So Rise of the Resistance continuously takes what Disney Imagineering has learned over their course of... How long have they been operating now? 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years? Forever? They've been at the theme parks. They've done these things. They've milked these effects for years. And then being able to give you something that you're used to seeing, but then turn it on its side is absolutely awesome. It is great. Well, I'm not I'm not saying, as I said, I'm not saying that Rise of the Resistance isn't grand. I'm not saying that some of the feats that they've conquered within that attraction aren't incredible. I am saying, as a guest experience, Smuggler's Run, I think, has rewritability. I think it is more interesting. I think it appeals to a wider range of audiences. There's so much more about that attraction that I enjoy. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, yeah, well, if you're piloting, you're going to have a great time. I don't pilot. I don't. I play Gunner. I think pilot's boring. That's my main thing. I think pilot's great if you are doing it for the first time. I think that, um, honestly, I, I cannot get over, for example, like for me, my parents are huge Star Wars fans. And when they came and they were able to be pilots and... My dad was able to pull the lever. Um, oh my God, your dad lost his he mind. He essentially like <laughs> just started giggling. And this is a man in his 60s, people. Like that was huge for him and for my mom too. And 
we went on Rise of the Resistance, and they had the same ex- the reaction that I had when I got off, which is just, meh. Well, I mean, I, th- I think your mom literally said, that's it. Probably. And I was like... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but that's the other thing. For example, uh, Rise of the Resistance tries to shoehorn in a lot of things. And, for example, one of those things really doesn't work with certain audiences. My mother is hard of hearing, um, is very nearly deaf. So she was just kind of in there, looking around, seeing things. The First Order person was trying to interact with her and was trying to, like, poke fun. Da, 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 da. She couldn't hear them at all she wasn't getting any of that and it doesn't work when we were trying to to reiterate it to her this was all pre-pandemic too this was yeah this was this was pre-pandemic so it was just something that she was like you know it's it's cool but they don't have a lot going on in terms of understanding if you have any kind of hearing challenges or visual challenges that ride is rough for example, like even if you're just looking at the interrogation room, you you can't. It's not like you can lip read that screen from that far, and there's no closed captioning. There's anything. no closed captioning. It's all just. And I don't even know how an audio uh, visual assistant device would dis- would help on that ride. I have no idea, but I also think that that does color my opinion because you can go on Smuggler's Run and they have closed captioning on what's going on on like to explain things to you but it's a visual attraction you don't have to know what's going on the only time that you need to have a clear understanding is when hondo is literally yelling at you do this and it's accompanied by buttons lighting up or things like that so it's it's multiple cues that aren't just audio or even visual you're kind of getting both of those and you really don't get that in rise of the resistance so that's another tick against it, in my opinion. But I just think that there's so much more rewritability with Smuggler's Run. We literally, I kid you not, we go on it simply to try and crash worse than we did before. We had a group, so we went out to Disneyland for the opening for Star Wars Galaxy. That We were out there for opening for a few days. That is a story for another time because that was a wild time. Talk about chaos. Yeah. I mean, the parks were dead. Galaxy's Edge was nearly empty. It was just, it was an absolutely wild experience. And I think I... We'll talk about that some other time. We'll talk about that some other time, of course. But it reached a point where we were in Galaxy's Edge, and with the Disneyland reservation system, you were given a wristband that once you entered, they scanned it, and you could not leave the land for re-enter. Like, you can leave to go do something else, but you couldn't come back in. So we were ended up like, what else do you want to do? You want to ride Smuggler's Run for the 10th time? So it did get to the point where we're like, we're going to try to crash it. I think, what was our best, our yeah, our best, our worst score? Like I negative 1900 or something? No, it was better. It was worse than that. I think it was like negative 2300. It, it was a lot. So Like we owed Honda not like credits. a lot of credits by the end of that. And I don't know what the cast member can see on the other end before the um, the shuttle turns back around to come in from the carousel. But there was actually a point where we came back and the cast member had their glasses adjusted like they were being had been thrown around. thrown around. Their vest was like half off and it was just like, what did you do? <laughs> so, because I mean, and still in storyline, you're on, they're still on the ship with you. You don't exit the ship just yet. So it's fun. It was nice to be able to, 
the rewritability is there. We wouldn't have wrote it that many times if it was boring. Like, I don't think I can ride Rise of the Resistance five times in a row. No, because there's it's very little rewritability. But that also plays into the current popularity of it. Because if people get on it once during their vacation, they have to be satisfied with that. Because the possibility of getting on it multiple times, unless you are here all the time, is not high. The possibility of getting on it once is not high. And it is it is aggravating to be like, I want to discuss this attraction with other people, even online and more. It's just the point of, I don't want to open up that wound of, did you get a boarding group? Were you able to ride during your vacation? Yeah, that's it. That's hard. That is so much stress. It is very hard to explain, but... No attraction should give you that much stress at 7 a.m. in the morning. Well before you will ever be able to ride it. And like for me, and it's probably very different for you because you have ridden Rise of the Resistance a lot. I'm probably six times total. I have ridden it more times through my camera lens trying to get good pictures of everything than I have actually like experienced it. And I've been on it a lot. And if you've seen those photos... He's still working on it. Yeah, it's... (laughs) Everything's fine. But, so there's so much, like... There's just not a lot going on there. Again, there's the feats of technology. Great, cool, fantastic. But, no, I 100% agree Smuggler's Run... Or, I believe Smuggler's Run is a better attraction. And, this is a weird thing, but it is one of the few attractions at Walt Disney World that I think have been positively impacted by COVID restrictions. And this is something that for me, we ended up asking for this prior to COVID and pandemic and and restrictions of asking for our own pod because of the fact that we knew, well, we're going to have a party of four or a party of five and we are not in this for the fun doing it well thing. We're in this to probably destroy We're it, gonna bounce it. people around. We don't want to have to have someone else's experience on it be that just because we're the majority group and that's what we want to do. So, Especially because if you pull a single rider in on that, they're going to get engineer and then they're going to be like, can, can you pull the ship away from the wall, please? Please, please. Yeah, so it's it's not necessarily fair on that regard, but that's the thing with COVID is because there is only one family per pod. And to be honest, I think that that's the way it should remain. I have heard rumors that they're putting in plexiglass. They are, so it's going to be a party of four and a party of two. But I I just don't feel like that is the right way to experience that attraction. It I could... think that if you have your own party, even if you're just a party of two, that you should be able to have that experience the way that you want to have that experience it's not as if that ride isn't hurting for capacity oh my god so there's there's four carousels and there's two there's four ada pods two ada pods there's a lot of them there's a lot to the point where it's exciting because if you are ada it is one of the few attractions at walt disney world that you can do that you do not need to wait a full round of an attraction in order to have an accessible because they only have the one. Yeah, it's there's uh, that attraction can put through so many guests per hour, and I, I might as well introduce the verbiage right now because I'm sure we're going to use it in future episodes. Um, but if I ever say THRC, that is theoretical hourly ride capacity, which is theoretically how many riders can be put through an hour through an attraction if all the conditions are met perfectly. No downtimes. Everybody loads. It's 100% capacity. 
everyone's loading within time everyone is disembarking within time they're able to do safety checks between there's a lot that goes into those numbers and that's theoretical but that is honestly what we look at a lot when it comes to disney attractions mm-hmm. um and you can look at something like smugglers run which thrc is really big as opposed see- to even rise of the resistance that does not have that great of a thrc it is better than some rides but compared to what they could be doing it is pretty darn low yeah and then it gets into what they consider the ohrc which is the operational hourly ride capacity and that's where you hit the the slowdowns we'll say for lack of better wording so i mean a smuggler's run can put through i want to say probably over two thousand an hour we have no idea, friends. We we are literally guesstimating. Disney will never give these numbers out either. And they, they shouldn't. No, no major theme park company wants to because then it gives a better idea of too many breakdowns, businesses, competitors, the whole nine, friends. Okay, but let's, get, let's give a perspective here. Haunted Mansion has a 2400 THRC. And that's what we call an Omnimover system. So it is constantly loading and unloading. It is a go, 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 go. If you don't have any downtimes or slowing, you can... Put we, through a lot We refer of to them as people eaters. That's a big thing that we, we will call them when we're out in the park of, of looking at things like that or looking at things like the Little Mermaid ride is another one. That's, yeah. It's just a people eater if it is running appropriately. Mansion, you're going to see more slowdowns though for... Uh, slower boarding or any of those things. If something gets caught, that can happen. Mermaid is awesome when it comes to that because you can literally, with like accessible load, there's never a stop. You it's can just it down. literally just like the back of the clamshell flips down, and as you go like on the moving walkway, you just push up in a wheelchair into the clamshell while it's still continuing the Omni Mover thing. It is wild. But it, it really works out well for those things. So when you're looking at those kind of attractions and you're looking at all of these numbers that people can be putting through, when you look at Rise of the Resistance, it is much lower. Well, it, it, it has to be lower for sure. And, but it's not as bad as like, say, Frozen Ever After. Frozen, oh, Never, Frozen After. Never After is the worst. It has, like a nine, it has under 1,000 per hour. Between that and uh, Grand Fiesta Tour. Yeah, there's like no capacity at all. That's Jeez. why the lines are always so long. That's why there's no fast passes ever for uh, Frozen Ever After because there's no capacity to it. But then you look at like Rise of the Resistance. So Rise of the Resistance is pushing through two vehicles of eight people probably about every 45 seconds to the unload area, I want to say. I I would actually need to do calculations, but I think it probably is about 1,600 of a a THRC. Yeah, I I think it's less than 45 seconds. If it's 45 seconds times 16, it would probably be about... 1440 THRC, but I think it's actually 1600. But I still think that Smuggler's Run has a way higher capacity. Huge. I would agree. And those those lines can move very quickly. I think that as long as they don't have a downtime, then it works out great. And if you're talking about downtime between the two attractions... I don't even want to discuss well, it. I'm, I'm going to bypass this entirely. You win. <laughs> Smuggler's Run wins, hands down, about operating time versus downtime i don't think i've ever seen the attraction fully go down because like i said there's four turntables yeah and i've each never of them, seen it each of them have seven i'm sure it's happened but well I, we've seen videos and stuff hit online of pods uh like the deck technology on the pods crashing and going to like a windows home screen we've seen stuff like that happening but we've never seen a fully like don't come in the building we're closed 
it's mm. down type deal. Not that I can actively think of. As I said, I'm sure they've happened, but that's not something that we've experienced. Rise is down constantly. <laughs> and part of that is because of those, again, we're going to say it a lot, those feats of technology. If one of those vehicles gets off by an inch. Not even an inch. Centimeters. Literally like a centimeter. If it is off of its tracking, the ride will go down. And it can't just like, it tries, like it gives it what, like two or three attempts to try and get back on track. And if it can't get aligned perfectly, it goes down, down. And then the ride will be down for at least like an hour and a half to reset. Because they need to go over every puck embedded in the pavement individually because of the wireless vehicles to make sure that they're all on, they can all respond. It is a wild process. It is it is an amazingly ridiculous feat of engineering that we haven't, I don't think we've ever seen something this wild before. I was going to say something like Flight of Passage, but even Flight of Passage is just this, it, it's it's a Soren vehicle. Runaway Railway opened after Rise of the Resistance, so I don't want to compare it to it. I mean, you can. They were in development at the same time. Yeah, and I, th- I guess Runaway Railway should have opened up last year at some point before Rise did, but... I mean, you're talking about all these wireless cars, these wireless vehicles running around this building. Which is hilarious because Runaway Railway doesn't have a concern very often with the vehicles. It actually has more concerns with screens not working. Yeah. Than it does vehicles getting off track, which I think is really interesting. I don't know if that's because there was already a trackless system built in there that they were able to modify and update and do whatever it is they did. It's wild. It's the only times that we've seen downtimes is for projection malfunctions, specifically in where the vehicles break off. If, if you've been on runaway railway, you know, they break off in the jungle room to go over the waterfall. And we've seen specific caverns be turned off because they aren't synchronizing properly. Like we've actually been in one that hasn't been synchronized. And that was, that was fun. It was very weird. None of the projections moved. The audio still went on, but that was... It was, it was interesting, to say the least. But it's all projection-based, and Rise of the Resistance is mostly physical. But there's a lot of effects that happen in that ride. Honestly, though, there's not. Like, you say that, but there's really not. Okay, so let's, let's discuss the ride. First off, I, let me also say this, is I think everything before the actual ride is better than the actual ride itself. Is that an unpopular opinion? I have no idea. Because I think that the entire Ray pre-show into the ITS out into the Star Destroyer, like that is, I'm good at that I point. I think that's, that is awesome. I think the Ray scene is whatever, it's great. I think the BB-8 animatronic in there is incredibly cool. I enjoy the transport system. I think that that's awesome. Like I said, it's the greatest twist in my opinion that a theme park has done in a long time. And there is nothing quite like step as a Star Wars fan. There is nothing quite like stepping out onto the Star Destroyer. As anything fan, that you it, it, giant it's so big cavern. It is huge. You'd think like I remember seeing pictures and being like, that's nah, not that impressive. And then you literally step into it and you're like, oh crap! A spaceship literally could come through that opening because it is so freaking big. I think that room is bigger than a single flight of passage theater. I have no idea. It's bigger idea than a solar theater. End. It's huge. It's gigantic. It is It is a giant space. Anyway. Um, 
No, I don't. I, but as to what's the better ride, as as grand and as miraculous that Rise of the Resistance <laughs> is, I think I need to side with you though. That Smuggler's Run is just it's a better attraction. I'm I'm not going to say it's a better attraction. I think that there's a lot of things that go into attractions. I'm going to say it's a better guest experience. I think 100% that it is a better guest experience. I feel like people are probably more satisfied when they get off of Smuggler's Run than they are Rise of the Resistance. I'm sure that there will be information eventually coming out from Disney about that. They love those details about guest satisfiers. No amount of effort. No ride should be worth the amount of effort you need to put in to that you put into Rise of the Resistance to get on it. No attraction should have you waking up bright and early in the morning to get a to potentially get a boarding group that may or may not ride the attraction that day. There is absolutely no reason why there's no standby at this point for it. That's what I think. I don't understand why they don't just do standby and make the line at capacity and people are going to say, oh, well, you know, people are going to flood the, the end of the line waiting for it to reopen. Guess what, guys? That's what the Streets of America refurb was literally meant for. It's meant to be a holding pen for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, specifically for Rise of the Resistance. Why do you think that line has the capa- or capability to circle all the way through that tunnel directly to the yeah, that's the why streets. That's why the tunnel has that weird Literally cutoff towards the left. Literally why it is there was to make it so that if people were waiting to join the line once it was at capacity, that they would have places to wait, that they would have beverages and bathrooms available, possibly even a side attraction to get them into, i.e. Muppets. There's so much there that it was literally built for that. And yet somehow we have yet to use it for that which is unfortunate because it just makes that area dead space no amount of satisfaction for a guest riding rise of the resistance is worth the negative impact it has on somebody who tried to get a boarding group but was denied one i've seen people cry i have felt so bad because i have literally seen people burst into tears because they couldn't get a boarding oh my god and this is before pandemic this is when it was you know, right when the park opened and you had to be on your app, like... We were next to a, a just-married couple from Canada who was here for one or two days and a huge Star Wars fans, and this is their one shot at it, and they missed it. And the the dude, he was like, I want to say mid-30s, he just started bawling his eyes out on, right outside of Baseline Tap House. And I was like, oh, dude, I felt really bad for the dude. I It, it sucked. Um... I actually think I told him to go talk to the the guest relations team just to see if there was anything that they could do with the guest experience team. Just because I, you have this, uh, people are, they're crying. This is, this is, I mean, it's, it's a once in a lifetime for a lot of these Star Wars fans. I know it was like that when, when my parents came, we were like, we did everything we could. We processed everything. We did all the things that we were supposed to. And we were still like, prepping them that there's a possibility we're not going to get it and it was the only day that we were going to hollywood studios it was the only chance that they had to do it and they'd been waiting for a long time to see it and they were i I was the one doing the entire boarding group process to get the boarding group for us and they were stressed that i was stressed and i was like (laughs) 
It was that was a fun morning. Oh, I was so stressed. I was so stressed because all I wanted was for them to get on it, and then um, I was making you more stressed because I was pushing you to be like, "Are you paying attention? Are you doing it?" And like, luckily, in our instance, it worked out. For a lot of people, it doesn't, and that sucks. That a hundred percent sucks. And it, I do think that that has something to do with the the fact that I think that Smuggler's Run is better because rise creates this anxiety and this it creates this overhype for this attraction nothing is worth that i I will tell you right to the face i waited 10 hours for haggard's magical creatures motorbike adventure uh when it opened in 2019 over at universal i did not i got there at 6 30 in the morning and i did not get on that attraction until 5 p.m nothing in life is worth waiting 10 hours for I, I want to say nothing. Not in a theme park. Anyways. Not in a theme park, yeah. Nothing in a theme park is worth waiting 10 hours for. Even like, no, just nothing. Nothing's worth 10 hours. It's not worth their time. So being able to get a boarding group at 7 in the morning and then not being able to maybe ride until 4 or 5 p.m., it's just like, I don't know what to do with this information. I don't want to tell people that to not ride it because I think it is an amazing attraction, but I don't think that it is worth the make or break on your vacation to get on the ride. And I know people have a lot of feelings about us being locals because we have ridden it so much and people who are not here all the time have not had a chance to do that. And I don't openly talk about how many times I've been a Rise of the Resistance you know, for that reason. Because I, I feel I feel guilty. I feel kind of bad. But you also, you, you went every day for a long time. And there were days that you couldn't get on and there were days that you could get on. Yeah. And I mean, so I think that's that's different. But that is also the fact that you are local, that you had the ability to be there, that, you know, if you're working in the afternoon, you could be there at seven in the morning. And if I miss my shot, okay, cool. I missed my shot. That wasn't the end all for me. I'm not going to move out of Orlando because I missed my potential boarding group. But people, I mean, it is a make or break for a vacation. And talking to people and being around people in the morning at studios, which doesn't happen anymore but that did you would tell and it would be just a weird experience but i'm glad it's over with it's still happening at 1 p.m and people say that there's still cheers and booze from the crowd at 1 p.m but i'm sure there are i'm sure as long as they continue that system that there will be because there is going to be a lot of people that don't get the chance to write it yeah which is a shame which is why smugglers run is better because not only can you ride it, you can ride it multiple times. I, Even with Rise of the Resistance, you can only do it once for the day. It just makes more sense to me to have an attraction that is accessible to everyone without that stress. That you don't have to be the big Star Wars fan to get it. If you are a big Star Wars fan, then you are going to enjoy it. You there's, I mean, there's you get to be in the Millennium Falcon. You get to sit at the chess table. You get to do all of these things that are super quintessential to the story. Everybody's seen Star Wars. That's not true. We say that because we've seen it. I've never seen the original trilogy. I don't think I've ever sat through it all. You guys can't see my face, but it's as disgusted as you think I've seen all of the important pieces. I'm more of the prequel fan. Prequels are much better. I like the originals. I really enjoy the prequels. I wasn't a big fan of the latest three, and I think that may also color my opinion. It's just... Well, the, the best of the, the last three was, at, you can crucify me for this later, but was The Last Jedi. I legit don't know. I legit 
I kid you not, friends. I saw The Force Awakens one and a half times. We saw Rogue One three times in theaters. We I've seen Rogue One way more than I've seen the uh, the three movies. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just that's. I don't particularly care for that storytelling. I think it's very discombobulated, which is funny because that's how I feel about Rise of the Resistance. But it's just not something that I enjoy. So I like Smuggler's Run because it pulls away from that a bit. Yeah, sure. If you want to dig in. And if you are a big Star Wars fan, you are going to get those references. And that's awesome. Or if you're just a Star Wars movies fan, you're going to get half the references and you're still going to really enjoy it. Or if you've never seen a Star Wars movie in your life, but you know of the sci-fi genre, you are still going to have a great experience because you get to pilot a freaking spaceship. Yeah, you can't Or you get to be part of a spaceship crew. Like, that's just cool. And that's why it's better than Star Tours, I think. I don't know if I have an opinion on that. That's for another episode. Old Star Tours is the best. New Star Tours, I'd probably say, is not as good as Smuggler's Run. I don't know. We'll have to think about that more. You can't just throw me on the spot like that. <laughs> Listen, Rude. original Star Tours was was something else. Yeah, well, that's another another topic for another time. But yeah, so that's my rant about Smuggler's Run versus Rise of the Resistance. I have I have very strong feelings about this, and I've forced you to accept my strong feelings about this. You can have the strong feelings about it. I still think that the best attraction in Galaxy's Edge is ronto roasters you are so weird it, uh, the ronto the morning ronto wrap is one of the best experiences at walt disney world i mean i'm not gonna say that that's wrong because it's delicious it is it's tasty and i know there's a few people that are gonna fight me out there and be like no the evening wrap the regular wrap with the the turkey and the ham is much better no it's not the egg is much better on that very bizarre note let us know what you guys think is the better attraction at galaxy's edge if you are a rise of the resistance fan or if you're a smuggler's run fan i would love to learn why because as we've shared i have very set reasons why i think the way that i do and i'd love to hear what your opinions are because that makes it more interesting also helps me not feel like i'm just a crazy person who's really upset about attractions but yeah i think that's that's it for this episode friends i mean yeah, let us know. Uh, hit us on social media at the schmoofs. Uh, let us know how wrong Kristen is, or how wrong I am, or how much you agree with us, or any of the above. If you're the Star Wars fan who wants to yell at me for never actually sitting down and watching the original trilogy, you can do that too. Be more than happy to hear those comments. Till <laughs> next time. Yeah, what is next time? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, though, friends. Signing out for the night. This is Brett and Kristen. 